Smashed into the net by Kylian Mbappe. Oh, Benyera, beautifully done. Cornet finds Dembele. The first touch is good. The second is deadly. Neymar still. Oh, my word, what a goal. Golovin. Lovely finish. Oh, yes, delivery. Gendouzi's header. And the finish of the near post from Lucas Paqueta. Outrageous goal from Gael Kakuta. Play it again. And Goldberg. Messi again. This time, maybe Messi's done it. Coming up on Le Beaujeu, it's advantage Nice in the race for Champions League qualification as Andy Delors' late strike sinks Paris Saint-Germain while Marseille slumped to defeat at home to Monaco. Rennes, Lyon and Lille also remain in the hunt after convincing wins. Another side knocking on Europe's door is Nantes after a week that saw the Canaries reach the Coupe de France final and rise to sixth in the league. We pay tribute to the remarkable job being done by Antoine Comboire at the Beaujois. And there'll be a bit of love as well for another giant of France's past with Saint-Étienne continuing their revival under Pascal Duprat. Of course, we'll be announcing the winner of our Deja Who competition from last week and Arcadia's Milik shirt up for grabs and a new competition coming your way. We've got Jérôme Boateng's fantastic Olympique Lyonnais shirt that you could win just by answering our Deja Who conundrum. Joining me uh, on the pod this morning, Ian Holyman is uh, is with us, League 1 commentator. How are you, Ian? Very well, Matt. Thank you. Good to have Ian along. We've got another League 1 commentator, albeit for French television, Julien Brun, who's uh, been on the podcast a few times uh, in the past. How are you, Julien? Uh, bonjour. I'm just, uh, I just feel like a Monday. <laughs> feel like a Monday. Monday, Monday. <laughs> I just wanted to say to Julian, we do have to speak English, but the, the bonjour, I think all of our listeners got that. Um, we're going to start by talking about Nice PSG, but before then, I just want to ask Julian a question because I've, I've been really jealous of Julian, um, well, for much of my career, no, but this season in particular, because <laughs> he's been sitting there commentating with, uh, with a hero of mine, uh, Thierry Henry, a hero of, uh, of many, many people. Julian, I just want to ask you, you know, How's it going with 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 Titi, and what's it like commentating with Thierry Henry? Um, first thing, he's really tall and really taller than me, so I really feel ridiculous when I'm next to him. Uh, but most important is that he really is a clever guy, which everyone knows, and uh, really sympathetic as well. You might think that uh, such a big star could be could act and behave like a star which he is, but uh, really with us and I think with everyone around us, he's, he's really behaving like uh, almost a normal person, which he can't be, obviously, but uh, which he tries to be. So it's uh, a really great pleasure for us to, to work with him and a um, uh, really huge pleasure for me as well, because I think of how you are jealous about me. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Julian uh, Antieri, commentate for Amazon in France, who have uh, most of the most of the league game matches in the domestic market. Um, I've I've listened to a few games, Julian. Um, when I see that Thierry is on, I'm, I'm, I make sure I I listen. And uh, you know, he's got he's he's got that passion that always comes through when he when he talks about football. Um, he's got that knowledge as well. I was I was thinking, and I you know I don't want you to comment on how good he is or how how bad he is. I mean, I. I think he's excellent. I think in the first few games, he was talking a lot, um, yeah. but he's got so much to say. He's got so, uh, 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 
and it's fascinating listening to somebody who's who's so um absorbed in in the game and you're almost watching it from the inside of Thierry Henry's brain which is fascinating yeah absolutely and the the really strange thing is that we might th- think that uh, he lives in England for decades now and he's so much focused on the Premier League so he could have forgotten the Ligue 1 which is absolutely not the case he he knows really every player of the league he's interested in everything that happens and when you talk with him outside the the, the cameras and uh, not in front of the TV he knows he watches he also watches uh, league 2 games league 2 games and things like that so he really is so passionate and that's really maybe the most impressive thing about him he doesn't uh, play um, he's not a player he's really a passionate guy just like you and me and maybe even more than us it's really impressive in that point of view yeah and it's good it's good for for Ligue 1 i think to have a guy like that um commentating the matches and we're looking forward to getting Thierry on 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 Le Bourgeois the official Ligue 1 Uber Eats <laughs> podcast that and Julien is just I messaging, promise, messaging Thierry <laughs> as, as, as we speak let's let's talk about the action round 27 there were lots of uh, big matches I was commentating on Saturday night Nice versus Paris Saint-Germain Nice were third at kickoff they were 16 points behind PSG uh, they were one point behind Marseille but uh, Nice also uh, had a very, very good week because they were playing Versailles in the Coupe de France semi-finals on Tuesday night. They they won. They're through to the final of the Coupe de France, uh, hoping to win that competition for the first time since 1997. Um, but this was a big league match against PSG as Christophe Galtier's team tried to uh, improve their chances of qualifying for the Champions League. Here is what happened. Neymar tackle by Boudaoui. Here's Rosario. Calvin Stengs, real possibilities for Nice. Five up in the attack, good cross from Stengs and Andy Delors. The substitute arrives at the far post. And Nice inflict a deadly blow right at the end against Paris Saint-Germain. Calvin Stengs on the left here. Crossing beautifully to Andy Delors and what a finish that is from Delors, just his seventh league goal for Nice. But it's a big one. Yes, so dramatic uh, stuff at the end there. Andy Delors scoring what was actually um, a really, really good goal. It was a difficult finish. Calvin Stengs leading the uh, the counter-attack on the left, played over a great cross and the ball just sort of bounced before Delors at the far post and he managed just to keep it under the crossbar. It was a game, honestly, it, it looked like for the world, it was going to be nil-nil. We've had two nil-nils between Nice and PSG this season. Nice knocked PSG out of the Coupe de France on penalties after the nil-nil at, at, at the Parc des Princes. But um, I'm going to throw this to you, Ian. Uh, you've got to say that, that, that Christophe Galtier, already the fact that his Nice side have kept three clean sheets against PSG this season is quite remarkable. Um, they've claimed the big scalp now, beating them beating them in, in, in the league. And Galtier's just got th- this Midas touch, doesn't he? Because actually all th- three substitutes were involved in the goal. Boudaoui won the ball, Stengs crossed, Andy Delors scored. This was a victory for Galtier as much as for, for Nice. Yeah, he's got PSG's number, hasn't he? He's, he's actually kept four clean sheets in a row against PSG because uh, they got a, he, got a, he got a clean sheet last season when he was with Lille as well. I was actually at the game, um, the, the, the Coupe de France game, 
as well. And it was pretty much a, a, a copy and paste job uh, of, uh, of Saturday evening. The Nice were just so, they're just so well organized. Uh, they won on penalties in the Coupe de France. They got that one chance, which Delors took um, quite brilliantly. As you say, you have to, it was such, such a difficult, such a difficult opportunity in the way that it just skidded off the turf. It was coming in at, at a real pace. Um, great finish. No chance for Kiel or Navas. But again, it, it is, it's, it's a bit difficult to say, yeah, Nice were brilliant. They were, but also PSG disappointing. I thought um, there was one moment. It's, it's difficult to criticise. And, and speaking of Thierry Henry, I've just read a an article about uh, in in Le Keep about how he's talking about players' mental health and and how we don't really question that enough. Um, and he points out Neymar and Messi, and maybe that's one of the reasons that they're not playing that well at, at the moment. But there did come up. There was a time we talked about Messi not pressing, and there was a, there was a moment where. Neymar was actually pressing in that game towards late on and, and Nice had possession in their own box and Benitez, the goalkeeper, was on the ball and Messi was literally two metres away from Dante and he Benitez played the ball to Dante and it was like Messi then then moved to press. It was like he he thought, oh, hang on, yeah, I should have I should have pressed him and it, it, he, could, he could have done it. He didn't. Nice played their way out and, and, and eventually won the game. It, Again, maybe in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter that much with PSG. They're still thirteen points, thirteen points clear. Um, but yep. it's it's it was it was really disappointing from PSG. And and Julian, the war you know the worrying thing is it's a game without Mbappe, um, and you just look at that team and think, well, where are the goals going to come from if Mbappe's not there? That was really impressive in in that point of view. Um, it was just. As if Paris could have played three hours straight without scoring, without having really good opportunities. Because you can lose such a game when you, even when you're the PSG, you are, you, as you said, you are 16 points ahead in the league. You have the to play against Real Madrid next Wednesday, and maybe you have different things in mind, and you can have lack of concentration on a moment or lack of luck on another. The worst point, I think, for about this game for PSG is that they were never dangerous without without Kylian Mbappe. Um, they had the ball sometimes, but without having ideas, which is quite uh, frightening for a team four or five days before such an important game in the Champions League. But to be to be fair, we have to say PSG was really awful on Saturday. Um, but maybe we can believe that they were already on their way to Madrid, and maybe it's a good sign for next uh, Wednesday because they they didn't have um, they didn't lose a lot of potential on the, the game because they were so poor. I mean, in every they should be every fresh. Point. Yeah, most most of those players yeah. should be fresh, <laughs> which is really which is true, and they will get Kylian Mbappe back. So. It really, it really makes a different team with him and without him, which is not uh, maybe the best, uh, the best uh, news for them in terms of the future. But for next Wednesday, maybe it's not that that uh, that big problem. It's not such a big problem. But really, Saturday night was a re- such a poor game for them. But they're still thirteen points ahead, which makes. A big difference as well. 
Yeah, Matt, as, as well, they were they were all the more disappointing because they had Flavius Daniliuk playing at right back. <laughs> He's a centre back, and he, he was he, he basically man marked uh, Neymar, and actually Neymar after the game was 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 pretty gracious and 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 had a had a little word with him, and uh, Daniliuk seemed to enjoy the performance, and I think got his shirt as well. But you know, and you're talking about there, Juliana, about about Mbappe being missing. That the front line, and that's it's a very fair point. But you're right; it's absolutely terrifying because they still had Neymar, Messi, and Di Maria up front. And how many shots on target did they get? Two for fifty fifty-seven percent possession. Yeah, Messi. Well, I saw a stat. It was the first game, first league game since two thousand and nine ten that Messi hadn't got a shot away, like on target or or off target. Di Maria, unfortunately for for PSG, looks to have aged uh, all of a sudden. Because that's, know, his he actually, that's his brother. <laughs> he was wonderful last last season, Di Maria, and uh, he 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 has aged. But I mean, Nice, like you say, they've got PSG's number. Mbappe was there in the Coupe de France, and uh, and PSG didn't manage to score. Um, so, from 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 one point of view, I you know I want to say Nice are fantastic. The way they set up, the way they're they're organised. Um, Galtier put the extra midfielder in, Kefren Turam with uh, Rosario and Lamina and Turan was really, really good. He was the guy sort of raiding forward and linking up with, with Guiri and, and, and Dolberg. But I'll just, I'll, I'll take issue. I, 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 Ian said that they were, Nice were outstanding. I, I, I don't know if they were. I mean, honestly, I don't think it was a very good game. I, I, in, 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 in the commentary, I was sort of saying, well, I just think Nice are going to regret being so conservative in this game because PSG were there for the taking. And Nice didn't create very much either. If if we're being you know if, if if we're being honest, and maybe I'm being harsh because they've defeated PSG and not many teams do. It's only the third defeat PSG have suffered this season. But Galtier um, Galtier is extremely cautious, and I, I, I'm just slightly wary of getting carried away because I, I can see Nice losing to Nantes in the Coupe de France final and 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 still perhaps fading away in Ligue 1. Um, am I being harsh, Julien, or? Is this Nice side, you know, playing within itself? That there's more to come from them, surely. Yeah, but I think it's the way Christophe Galtier is trying to make Nice play. They're not the brightest team of the league, that's for sure. But maybe they're the more solid team of the of the league, and that's the way he played with Lille as well last year. Um, they were not that brilliant neither, and they became champions at the end of it. Uh, but still, this 4-4-2 with all the four in the midfield working endlessly during a game, which makes the team so solid and so hard to be beaten from the, the first row. I don't know if you say that, but it's really hard to, to put arrows on, the, on that team. And uh, I think that's the way he likes his, his teams to, to work. And I don't know if they will win the, the, the French Cup final. Not, not sure, of, obviously. But for me, they will finish on the podium without, I, I don't say without a top, but with only small dops because um, you can't see any team um, being more solid than them. And uh, you have to have uh, extra extra quality players like Kylian Mbappé to, to make really big differences uh, against them because it's just like, just as if you had several walls to pass before you can meet uh, Walter Benitez, their goalkeeper. Uh, is, is Jean-Claire Todibo one of the best young French defenders, one of the best French defenders in Ligue 1? Or, or is it 
a case of the the midfield protects him so well and 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 he's just part of this system i can throw that to either of you ian todibo yes future french player yes yeah Def- yeah definitely definitely it looks like look i, I can see julian's reaction he, he might have a few more a few more reservations no, no, I don't have reservations. It's just that uh, if you're talking about young French central defenders, you have uh, uh, such a, a big list. So it's quite hard to know who will be the next uh, Varane or the next, uh, I don't know, Laurent Blanc. So that, that was the, the only problem I had with that. But I don't know yet. I, I, I like him. I like him a lot. But I, I think, again, we, we, saw, we saw where Dante had that uh, cruciate ligament injury just how the, the the defense of Nice kind of kind of fell apart. It's no real coincidence. He, he's just signed a new one-year contract extension as well, Dante. So he's he's going to be going till he's about seven hundred and three. But he, they've got the best defensive record in Ligue 1 this season, as Julian said. I mean, it, Galtier again, just kind of repeating what he did at Lille, and and, and it's working working again. But Dante, Dante and Tadebo alongside each other, they, they do look very, very good. And what the influence of Dante is on Tadebo, I'm not entirely sure. But he, he's Tadebo has been excellent this season, I think. And it, it is he's both defending and bringing the ball out from the back. I think it's a good shout as well to, to mention Dante because I think he was, he was really impressive again on Saturday. And I think he is every game. He's so reassuring, like whether, you know, on the ball... Off the ball, I think his presence is is, is vital. But Todibo's playing really well. Um, just to um, conclude on this game, I did invite our listeners to provide some um, some creative ideas last week on how to keep killing Mbappe in in Paris. I'm I wouldn't say I'm disappointed because our, our listeners never never disappoint. But you know, I, I was expecting a few more. I'm, I, hats off to James Cathy who who came up with it. He said. Um, he thinks the PSG sporting director Leonardo should take a leaf out of namesake Leonardo DiCaprio's book, like in the movie Inception, and get into Mbappe's dreams and mind to persuade him to stay and get him to sign a lifetime contract for PSG. If that fails, um, James thinks the, the Disneyland pass should do the trick and maybe bring Benzema to PSG while while they're at it. So James Cathy has definitely definitely got, got the idea. Davor T in, in Australia always um, sends very kind emails. But Davor says, personally, I think his heart is set on a new chapter. So he's not even getting creative. He's not even trying. He says it'll be a shame when Killian leaves, but there'll be another superstar. There always is. Um, Davor has also asked us to talk about Lance's goals. Um, but I think Davor was talking about round 26 when, uh, yeah, they did score some um, interesting interesting goals. There was that Mendy own, own goal, the Jonathan Close shot. Unfortunately, though, Davor, Lance didn't score this weekend. They lost 1-0 at home to Brest. Frank Honorat uh, with uh, with the goal. If you want to get in uh, touch with us, league1podcast at gmail.com. We always, uh, we always welcome your thoughts. And do rate us, do subscribe on the podcast platforms to uh, Le Bourgeois, the official Ligue 1 Uber Eats podcast. We're going to talk about Nantes now. Uh, I'm keen to give Nantes and Nice... Um, some um, some love this week. They're both through to the Coupe de France final and it's really a final um, for the football romantics. Uh, a bit of a throwback to clubs who have had their uh, golden periods in the past but have been um, struggling in, in, in recent years. But they're going really well. Nantes um, in particular, they were down in relegation trouble when Antoine Comboire uh, 
uh, took over from Raymond Dominic midway through last season. He's done an incredible job keeping them up last season. And then uh, uh, this year, they're up to sixth position in the league. Nantes uh, defeated Montpellier on Sunday, Colomwani and Gerbels with, uh, with the goal. Um, we're going to hear from Ian Holyman, who was um, at the Bourgeois in midweek for Nantes' Coupe de France semi-final victory over Monaco. It was a dramatic night. 1-1, sorry, 2-2 is how it finished. And then Nantes won the penalty shootout and Ian uh, got the chance to talk to Pedro Chirivea, the uh, Spanish midfielder for Nantes. And here is, uh, here's the chat they had. We're here in the uh, Stade de la Bourgeois with, uh, I imagine, a very happy Pedro Chirivea after qualifying for the Coupe de France final. Not bad, eh, Pedro? Not bad at all. I mean, I think it's a night to remember for everyone. Um, I think it's well-deserved. I think uh, last season we, we, we lived things very complicated and now since the start of the season we... We, we tell our minds to to work hard because we didn't want to to be in the situation as we were last season and um, this is the the you know the the work we did during the whole season I think is well deserved and we are so happy for all the people outside. Nantes obviously had a very difficult season last season. This season, what's the difference? Um, yeah, I think the coach he arrived in February. And from February to the end of the season, we we already did some good things. I think we it was the click for us. We we knew we had a coach that could take the best from us, a uh, coach we trusted. And uh, this season was uh, a lot different. You know, we 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 I think we lost three matches at home in the whole season, which is not a lot. And you know, every time we play here, we we feel we feel strong. We feel we feel great, and I think we showed that tonight. You've got a poss- possibility to qualify for European competition next season through the Coupe de France now, but there's a very real possibility of qualifying through the league as well. Yeah, I mean, we are four points, I think, away in the league. and We are at one game, 90 minutes, 120 minutes maybe for in the Cup. So, as I said before, we, we're going to keep working hard because we know we have uh, things to play for at the end of the season. And uh, I think this group of players, this staff technique and and all the supporters outside, we, we deserve uh, to be in Europe. And last question, just just for you, after I think it was seven seven years uh, with, with Liverpool, um, how are you feeling now uh, in French football? Look, I, I left Liverpool for, for nights like this. Um, I was in Liverpool, but I wasn't really part of the team. Uh, and I left, even though I had uh, an option to, to stay, but I left for, for nights like this, for moments like this, to, to feel important in the team, in the club, in the city. And um, I think today um, it's a night where all my hopes that I had when I left Liverpool came came true. Yeah, really interesting from uh, from Chirivea talking about the um, transformation that has happened at, at Nantes under, under Comboire. And just listening to his words there, Ian, obviously lots of emotion. It was just minutes after they'd qualified for the for the Coupe de France final, but they really believe. In Antoine Comboire, they clearly really like him, and they look like they they would run through brick walls for him. Absolutely, everybody's been been paying tribute to him. Uh, all, all all the squad, which you, you probably think is is probably good politics, given that he he's got to try and pick them. But they they didn't start well. Um, 
he, you know, he, he escaped relegation last season through that through that playoff. Six losses then in the first ten under under Comboare, but it's it's they've really come together uh, in the last in the last few weeks. They were, I thought they were they were very very good against Monaco, who just they had they had a few opportunities, but uh, not not looked really really good. And and what was excellent as well was the atmosphere. Um, a little bit like Saint-Étienne, who we'll talk about uh, a little bit later, yesterday. Uh, the atmosphere at Nantes, when it's going well, it's going well. It's it's a really great place to, to watch football, uh, to commentate football. And and they're playing they're playing good football too. It's uh they've they've got some really real quality players. Randall Colomani in, in particular, who unfortunately is going to be leaving Ligue 1 and, and joining Eintracht Frankfurt in the Bundesliga next season. He he was phenomenal. I, I tell you what, Guillermo Maripan, he'll be he must have been having nightmares about about Colin Moani on, on on Wednesday evening. He absolutely roasted Maripan on a number of occasions. Maripan got close. Colin Moani just burned past him. Maripan stepped off him. Colin Moani just burned past him. He was he was brilliant. Um, Chirivea is a, a very tidy midfielder. He had seven years at Liverpool. Never really made it into the first team, which he which he told me himself. He didn't really feel part of the of of the team. But he did learn a, a, a lot, a, a heck of a lot there, and now he's been given the opportunity to show his talents at, at Nantes. He's a very tidy midfielder, and and they're very solid too. They're a very very solid side. Uh, Chiri Ve is important, isn't he, uh, Julian? Because you look at this Nantes side, we talk about the the front three: Colomani, Moses, Simon, and, and and Ludovic Blas. They're excellent. We talk about the skipper Alban Lafont having a really strong season. Nicola Palois. Um, and Andre Girotto in particular, those two just so solid at the back. But Chiriveria is the guy who kind of dictates the um, the pace of the way Nantes play, where they play in terms of whether they sit deep, whether they come higher up the pitch. And I, I've I've been impressed with him. He seems to be an intelligent guy. What are your thoughts on on this Nantes team? I think it's quite impressive to to get the results they have right now because the team really didn't change when you compare it to last season team, which was. Um, last season was really, I, I, I can't say ridiculous, but almost ridiculous. Uh, when you see the different coaches they had, the way uh, it happened between the supporters and the president and so on, which is not over, by the way. But um, you really had to have someone. Well, we can talk about the players, of course, but really, I think the coach um, tried to rebuild something because not was like a a fallen giant because maybe not abroad we, we we know how big this club is but really it's an important team for the for the Ligue 1 and they they really had atrocious seasons one after the other and uh, Comboire came there with his experience um his behavior as well because he knows how to have a he, he's not completely into it he has to take sometimes uh, a bit of air to watch the whole situation and to try to make things better without having his head focused only on the football pitch. He, he, he tries to understand the whole situation and to find small solutions. And that's what he did because um, <clears throat> he knows how to, to, to talk to the players. He knows how to talk to the supporters and he knows how to talk to the president. And now he has the whole situation under control and uh, maybe he's not the best tactician you can dream about. Maybe he sometimes likes to have 
straight things and not a very complicated tactics and so on. But he's the man who wanted to have the job because he likes not. That's where he started to play uh, when he was uh, younger. And uh, he really made a huge difference. And when you see how the, the players have uh, a different way to play now, and Chiri Vela is a very good example. He wanted to have that kind of player, a playmaker just in front of the defenders. And he gave him the keys of the, of the, of the game. And it really made a huge difference because when you see, and I, I am talked about it, when you see how the supporters behave, behaved after the game on Wednesday, it, we could have thought that the, the, the supporters uh, would have joined the, the, the pitch at the end of a game, but it would have been to ask for uh, everyone to leave, for the president to go back to his home and so on. And it was like um, a common joy and so on. And it was really like a fiesta, which would have been unbelievable one year ago. So I don't think everything has changed. And if uh, Kolomwani, Simon and uh, Blas are leaving next summer, it will be complicated to have the same team next season. But still, the changes are really, really impressive in only a few months period. Yeah, it was it was like a throwback to the 1970s, uh, Matt, on on Wednesday. The, it was, the final whistle went. Or late 90s. Or the late 90s. And, um, <laughs> well, a long time ago anyway. And the, 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 the Monaco players... Were were it was a penalty shootout, so the Monaco players were in the in the center of the pitch, and they were just engulfed, but not in a bad way. No, they were never in any danger. The the Nantes fans were just absolutely overjoyed, and um, it was the the Monaco players eventually made their way off. The Nantes players had to try and battle through. It was quite quite funny to see even Nicola Palwa having to basically carry three or four fans with him as they were asking for his shirt and trying to pat him on the back and stuff uh, but it was it, it, it was gr- it was great scenes that's ian that's how that's how you got chiri vela now you cornered him next to the corner flag and just like right, you're not getting <laughs> yeah. off until you give it to you i just want to i just want to make a point about two, two things you might you might commentate alongside thierry Henry, julian but i commentated that not match alongside eric wah uh, so Sunderland fans oh, get get jealous because yeah, he played sure. he played for us for a season when we were really really good back around uh, back around the, the year two thousand. And secondly, Antoine Comboire's uh, communication, I waited very patiently in the mix zone. He 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 talked for a long time to the French press. He started to walk along to the TV. I'm the only English speaking journalist there. I said, Coach, how about a couple of questions in English? He looked at me very carefully, thought for about. <laughs> six or seven seconds and just went no <laughs> and off he went so Antoine you can he, I don't know what I don't know what he learned when he was playing up at Aberdeen uh, I, I presume his English is pretty, probably pretty decent but he, he his, his communication prob- his communication let him down there Julian you should have asked him to have a few questions in Scottish maybe it would have been easier <laughs> for, for him <laughs> Fair play to Ian for having the the guts to ask that question to Antoine Comboire, <laughs> who's quite a quite a frightening figure. But um, I just want to f- finish on Nantes. I want to I want to have a little coup de girl because um, we 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 haven't had one for a while, so we're going to have a little rant. Um, so and it's a bit different, but here we go. Here's my coup de girl. Oh, quel bande de chèvres! C'est mon coup de gueule. Yeah. So usually these um. 
these rants are about strange things that that, that happen in France or or in the French French game. But actually, I'm going to have a go at the English, um, and it's about Randall Colomwani um, and the fact that, as far as I am aware, no Premier League club was 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 in to sign Randall Colomwani. Now Julian's tapping his head. I don't know if that means <laughs> that, that he knows better, or he's saying, you know, why? No, but no, seriously, I, the, the, these guys. I yeah, already so agree. They're rolling in money. They're rolling in money. Okay, they can buy any, not any striker in Europe, but you know, Randall Colomwani. Are they not watching Liga Nubris? Are the scouts from these clubs not watching? Because there were a host of German clubs. Uh, Freiburg were looking. Frankfurt. I think there were other Bundesliga clubs. He's a guy who's out of contract in the summer, <laughs> and he just oozes quality. And he's young, and it wouldn't be that surprising in two years if he's playing for France. And I'll tell you what, in two years, what will happen, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this on Le Bourgeois in two years, um, Tottenham, uh, Newcastle, and who else? West Ham Arsenal? will be bidding thir- 30 million. Not Arsenal, no, because that, that's... No. <laughs> that Maybe. But they'll be bidding 30 million, 40 million for Randall Colomwani, who's just scored 28 goals in 40 Bundesliga games and, you know, whatever. And we've seen it with, with Marcus Turam going to Germany. The Germans... Are looking for bargains they're looking for players who will be good value for money the english it's almost like they're, they're, they're waiting for the guy to explode and then they're like okay now we'll spend 30 million surely that you know there there are so many squads in the premier league if not teams in the premier league that would be improved by randall colomwani so my coup de girl this week is wake up over in england <laughs> and uh, recognize top quality talent you're missing out you're then paying loads of money and then expecting supporters to, to pay 70 quid again. Anyway, we're, we're not going to go down that road. But um, yeah, there, there's better business to be done, guys. Ian? Yeah, there is. There is definitely. But I, I can tell you what, Matt, if he, if he scores 20-odd goals in the Bundesliga, they're not getting him for 30 million. Well, 20 goals in two seasons. Oh, you know, I mean, well. Oh, I meant in a season. I don't know. I don't they, know they, they're going to have to be coughing up a lot more I said, than that, What I think. did I say? 28 goals in, in, in 40 games. I can see him doing that. He is quality. He's from Bondi. Um, we don't need to say any more than that, do we? But uh, no, he, he's, he's, he's terrific, terrific talent. And some of the football with him and Ludovic Blas in, in the last six months has been wonderful to watch. Um, we're going to bring our listeners back in here. Deja vu time. Um, I'm going to test Julian as well. So concentrate on this, Julian, if you, uh, if you didn't listen to last week's clue. Uh, you have to try to guess which player we're talking about. If you think you know the answer, league1podcast at gmail.com. This was to win an Arcadia's Milik Olympique de Marseille shirt. So here we go. Last week's clue was, born in the suburbs of Paris, I spent a year in the Paris Saint-Germain Youth Academy before heading east to make a name for myself and then south to take the next step up. While I struggled at first, I eventually imposed myself as a first choice and went on to captain Olympique de Marseille before moving abroad and ending my playing days on the other side of the English Channel. A more than honourable career for club and country failed to bring me a single trophy, although you wouldn't know it listening to me on TV. (laughs) My articulate and straight-talking football lexicon has now been put to good use as the coach of a fallen giant of the French game looking to shine once again. Who am I and who do I coach? Julien Brun, a test for you on a Monday morning. You want my answer? Yeah, you can give the answer. Uh, First thing I have to say is that you are not really nice with him. Uh, and second thing, yeah, I I would bet on a nice guy, clever guy called Habib Bay, 
Very and, good, uh, very good. And coaching um, an ancient Parisian club of uh, Red Star. Well, next to Paris, but uh, really in the Paris area. Well, congratulations, Julien. You've won an Arcadius Millic. <laughs> no, you haven't. Yeah! Played, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's impressive. But no, um, we got several correct answers from <clears throat> our, our listeners. Um, big congratulations to the man. It was a man drawn out of the hat. Steve Wiss. Congratulations to Steve. We will be in touch and we will be getting that shirt to you. So this week's clue, and Julian, please, you're not meant to say the answer now. Okay, okay. Yeah, if you know this okay. one. All right, so just listen carefully. <laughs> Here we go for this week's Deja Vu. Who am I? After a long career in the French second division, which did include a first World Cup appearance, it was four years later that everything really took off for me. In the year I made my eye-catching Ligue 1 debut, I went all the way to the World Cup final. And 12 months later, I had also featured in both the UEFA Champions League and Europa League, as well as the UEFA Nations League. Strong-minded and assertive in the middle of the park, I am known for always playing to the whistle. All right, um, that's, that's your lot this week. That's tough, I think. Um, if you think you know the answer, and if you want to win a Jérôme Boating Olympique Lyonnais jersey, send your emails to league1podcast at gmail.com. Julian, without giving the answer, do you know that one? To be fair, I don't. Ma- oh, but I'm maybe struggling. I misunderstood some things. Not really. I, I, I am not sure. Can I, I just want to give an, I, no, not, not a clue. I just wanted to give a, another anecdote. I, I did the Leipzig PSG game. Uh, in Leipzig, on my left, Ralph Rannick, before he was uh, named the Manchester United coach. On my right, Habib Bay. I turn around, my abiding memory of Habib Bay from that game is of him, let's say, partaking in the local cuisine, which was a very large sausage and a large number of chips. So <laughs> he's not quite on the footballer's <laughs> diet anymore, I think. <laughs> and or also maybe that, he that, runs that, a lot. <laughs> that clue was tough for people who are not in France and don't listen to Habib Bay on TV, but he is a very, very good pundit and he's starting to cut his coaching teeth. Where did he play in England? Did he play for Wolves? Newcastle. West Bro- no, what was Newcastle. 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 Why was I thinking and Doncaster. <laughs> Doncaster, yeah. That no, was he, when they he, were, re- and yeah, Villa. that was when they were flying people over, all these and French Villa. guys. Yeah, yeah. Villa, Newcastle and Doncaster Rovers. Yeah. Villa. I knew there was a West Midlands. Yeah. Thing. Okay, let's um, move off Habib, Habib Bay. Let's talk about the uh, the race. I'll sort of wrap up what is happening in terms of uh, Europe because there were some big results. Uh, we've given Lyon and, and Marseille quite a lot of coverage in recent weeks, so we will gloss over. I'm sorry, Lyon fans. Lyon played really well on Friday, and um, we will talk about Lyon in the coming weeks. 4-1 victors away to Lorient. Romain Fevre came good in that, scored two terrific goals. Moussa Dembele with a beautiful flick. Um, to score as well. And Carl Tokoekombi scored a, a lovely goal. So Leon um, keeping themselves just about in the mix for, for European qualification. Monaco got a really big result. 1-0 away to Marseille. Jelson Martin scoring after Kevin Volland's shot had come back off the post. Um, Marseille just one point in their last three now. Worrying moments these for, for Marseille. We'll have just a very quick word um, from Ian and from Julian to see how worried you are about Marseille. They're on 47 points. They're two points behind Nice now. More troublingly for them, uh, Rennes going great guns. They beat Angers 2-0. Bourigeau, 
and Laborde with the goals. Laborde's got 14 now. Uh, Rennes are just a point behind Marseille. Um, Ian, uh, it's, it's, it's going flat at the wrong time for Sampaoli's team, isn't it? It is, but it's it's been like this for a few weeks, hasn't it? As you as you said, they they again they really struggled yesterday at home as well against the Monaco side, who I think they're not they're not that they're not really firing this this season. Um, although yesterday we did see a few glimpses of that Folland Ben Yedder uh, partnership, which actually which actually led to the goal um, just sparking again as it did so well last season. But what I. <laughs> It's difficult to put your finger on it. I mean, uh, Milik was speaking to Thierry Henry actually last night, and 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 Julian's uh, Julian's colleagues uh, about it. And and Henry asked him, "What sort of system would you like for for you to, to flourish in?" <laughs> and um, uh, Milik mentioned that that you know they weren't really playing with with wingers. They, I mean, you've got a centre forward in there. The the guy needs some balls into the box. That, that, the service yeah, he, put the, on, he put on Lirola and, and Kolasinac, didn't he, with the last fifteen last fifteen minutes? But I, I minutes, agree. Yeah. yeah, ten minutes. It's puzzling the, the the system. It's hard to understand what he's trying to do, and he does change it an awful lot. Um, Julian, we gave Sam Pauli a lot of credit in the first months, but is he losing the plot? I'm afraid he does at the wrong wrong timing for sure. But the 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 strange thing with his team is that. Of course, he has the right to make changes and so on, but he always seemed to want to adapt to the opponent. And when you're second in the league, you're Olympique de Marseille, you're playing at home in front of uh, an unbelievable crowd, really. Yesterday night, it was so loudy, so impressive and so on. And you always want to adapt to your opponent, which can be a good thing sometimes. But when you are Marseille, when you're second, you have to show your strength as well. It's always a bit of, um, uh, it's like, it's as if they were shy and they they had to to take care before they act. And I think it's maybe the, 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 the saddest thing with this team. You are in Marseille and you already lost 22 points at home in the league, which is really too much when you have this support and so on. You should be like waves and waves and waves. And you're just like um, a little bit of water. They should be stronger. <laughs> Stream, home, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they have the best away record in the league. Absolutely. Uh, they're, 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 they're top of the away league. But they were, before last night, they were 10th in the home league. And that is not good enough for for, for Marseille. Um just uh, to to finish, we're going to talk about the relegation uh, zone and the the battle at the bottom. We had before the weekend, we had four teams level on twenty two points at the bottom, and they were all playing each other. So it was a fascinating uh, game. Sorry, a fascinating weekend in that respect. Trois, who I think have been the worst team in in, in recent weeks, they were playing Bordeaux. Um, probably the two weakest sides are at, at the moment, but Trois um, got the result. So I guess that makes Bordeaux the worst side at, at the moment. Um, a uh, An own goal from Poussin, the young Bordeaux goalkeeper, and Lebo Motiba scoring a penalty, a huge result uh, for Troyes. Um, and in the other match, let's hear actually what happened in the Saint-Étienne-Metz game because uh, that was also huge. Both of those two teams are on 22 points and Ian Holyman uh, commentated the game uh, from the Stade Rofouakichard. Nolda. Tube. Sacco going on a run. 
Good ball in. Budapest was there. Boangas at the back post. No suspicion of handball this time from Denny Boanga. And the stad Shark goes wild as Santetien have the lead. Taken away from Budapest, who was in space by the header. But it didn't clear the danger. In fact, it just teed up Boanga. He's in a purple patch of form, Denny Boanga. Been involved in three goals in two games before today. He chalks up another goal, a fifth of the league season for the Gabon International. How big will that goal be for Saint-Étienne? So uh, a slender victory for Saint-Étienne, but oh, what an important one for Lever, Ian Holyman. Um, they're on the up, no question about that, under Pascal Duprat. And obviously uh, yesterday's result, absolutely huge. It, it was huge. They, they had a they had a capacity crowd in, which can work both ways as 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 it does at Marseille. But fourth win now in five, and uh, the great escape is very much on. I for one am, am very happy to, to to see that because we we all want Saint Etienne to I think to stay up in the in the top flight. I'd like them to to do a lot more than just to manage to stay up. But I, I thought they played pretty well yesterday. Um, they, I think they've done really good business. They have done good business in in January. Uh, Eliakim Mangala was was good. I think he's brought a steadying influence at the at the back for them. Um, Sada Tube, who's on loan from from Angers, I mean, uh, he was he was fabulous yesterday. The, the, his his crossing in from the right hand side was a real a, a real problem uh, for for Mets to deal with, and. Um, Denny Boanga, when you've got him, you've you've got a chance of scoring. Uh, Pascal Dupraz, uh, just a quick question: Dupraz or Dupra? Because um, I've I've heard both. Dupra, thank you, Julien. But That's Ian, the- Ian, <laughs> um, quick question: because about a month ago, I, I could try and dig this up. You assured Le Bourgeois <laughs> listeners that Saint Etienne were dead and buried all over. Are you are you um, are you standing by that? No. <laughs> at least you're honest you can you know no they're going to stay they're going to they're going to stay now um they are if, if they play if they play as they have done in in recent weeks i mean they've they've lost one game uh in the in their last six and that was away at paris saint germain which is you know okay <laughs> we're not we're not we're not too worried about that but they that was that was their first clean sheet at home in in 15 um okay it's against mets they were incredibly toothless, and um, they didn't really offer off, offer that much of a of a threat. But uh, Saint Etienne, well worth well well worth the win. Marc Aurel Caillard, the the Mets goalkeeper, making a number of saves. Boanga could have finished the, the game with three or four. There was a bit of a scare late on. Um, uh, VAR having to come to Saint Etienne's rescue for a foul in a build up to what would have been a penalty with four minutes to go. For Mets and, and and probably to equalise, but um, yeah, great great stuff from Saint-Étienne and, and and a wonderful wonderful atmosphere. Julian, are you surprised that Pascal Dupra has done so well so far? Not really, because uh, he's used to have that kind of uh, challenges. He did the same kind of thing with Toulouse a few years ago, and it worked. And uh, he, he he's also lucky because. They ha- there were several changes in Saint-Étienne and not only in the dressing room, but also uh, Loïc Perrin, the former captain, became their um, 
sporting director or so. So uh, the two presidents don't really, I don't say they don't take care, but they're really not in charge of the sporting matters anymore. So um, Pascal Duprat, Loïc Perrin had the opportunity to work together to make good changes during the window transfer, the the, the winter transfer window. And um, they already had good players. When you talk about Kazri, about Buanga and Nordin players like that in front, uh, you don't have that kind of players in Metz or in Lorient or in Troyes. So they already had good players and now they could have Mangala, who came only because it's Saint-Étienne. It's not a question about money or about anything else. He came because it's Saint-Étienne. It's this stadium, this crowd, and this unbelievable atmosphere. And uh, they they could get uh, Bernardoni, a goalkeeper which has more experience. They could get Tube, and they will have Bakary Sacco, who's coming back as well. They will have Enzo Crivelli, who played last year's Champions League. So I think it's not done already, but from all the the bottom bottom part of the of the league, they are the strongest team, of course, and they have this extra thing. With Ian told about the the atmosphere, I was in Saint Etienne yesterday. It was just as if they were playing for the championship or for the Champions League. The atmosphere mm. was the equivalent of Marseille. If not more, it was really unbelievable. And something happened between the team, the the staff, and the the atmosphere in general. That's that's really impressive. And just Julian, I'm a bit curious. Um, is, is Bernardoni has he effectively uh, secured the number one jersey? Because he was brought in to cover Etienne Green when Green was injured. Green was one of Saint Etienne's best players in the first part of the season. Um, is Bernardoni the number one? Yeah. Yeah, without any doubt. Uh, Green, Green is not injured anymore. And he, 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 I think he won't play anymore this season, except if there is an injury. But yeah, Bernardoni is number one without a doubt. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Etienne Green, uh, I thought he was, you know, he's going to be the England number one in the next... Two, next. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> Maybe we'll, he will. We'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah, it's a good challenge for him. Yeah. You know, it's a good, yeah. good, good challenge for him as well. Something pretty strange has happened on our... On our WhatsApp chat, Julian has just he's found a photo of Thierry Henry in, in L'Equipe. Um, this morning. And that's from this morning's L'Equipe. And that's from behind, this morning. Behind Thierry Henry, you can see this smiling face. And it looks like Robbie Thompson. And yet Robbie's meant to be in <laughs> Sydney. He's been claiming that he's in Sydney, Australia, but he's just been photographed behind Thierry Henry. It may be an old photo. What I will do, I'll put it on our on our Twitter page, Le Bourgeois, and I'll, I'll allow you to, to judge for yourselves at League One Podcast. Um, remarkable stuff. We'll have to quiz Robbie on that later. Um, we got an email in from David A, who says, happy third year anniversary for Le Bourgeois. Thank you, David. I didn't know it was three years. Um, he has a question. He says, can you guys make an all-African eleven of the current League Arm players? Seko Fofana definitely has to be in there. Um, well, David, I agree. Seko Fofana definitely has to be in there. And why not? We could certainly give that a bit of thought. I was uh, uh, thinking about Denny Buanga, the Gabonese international who's uh, doing it for Saint-Étienne. He would have a chance as well of making that 11. If anybody of you, any of you listeners have got anything you want to ask us, uh, league1podcast at gmail.com is our email. We're going to... Um, 
to wrap up with our Bon Voyage. We're going to look ahead to next weekend and we are going to decide where we would like to go. Now, Julien probably is going to a stadium, so you could even give us an, an honest answer. But uh, here we go. Time for a Bon Voyage. Okay, so round 28, we've got Lille versus Saint-Étienne. That kicks off the action on Friday night. Saturday's games, Montpellier, Nice and Troyes against Nantes. Uh, Sunday kicks off with PSG versus Bordeaux at the Parc des Princes at uh, 1 o'clock. Just having a quick look, arguably the biggest match, Lyon versus Rennes, 5 past 5 on Sunday, Brest-Marseille in the evening. Um, Ian Holyman, where are you going to go? If I was to choose, it would have to be that Leon Wren game. Not only for the game, which I think is is absolutely the the top of the bill encounter next weekend, but um, Leon's just a great place to go, isn't it? Just so many, just fabulous restaurants. It's a really nice, really nice city. <laughs> um, yeah, did I mention the restaurants? <laughs> um, yeah, you could eat. You can eat well in Leon. Let's yeah, let, let's put it up. If you're hungry, uh, Julien Brun, where do you where do you fancy going next weekend? Well, I will personally go to Lille Saint-Étienne and Paris Bordeaux, but I think the the best voyage would be to go to Brest um, to know how Marseille will behave after such a bad uh, series of results in the Ligue 1. It will be interesting to see if they can wake up uh, because all the other teams behind will get points and uh, they will finish the the day 28. So Brest-Marseille would be interesting, I think. And you can eat well yeah, in Brest absolutely. as well. <laughs> it's a brilliant, brilliant atmosphere. The Stade Francis Le Blay, a tiny, not tiny, but a, a compact stadium and a wonderful atmosphere. Um, I'm going to stick close. I'm going to go close. Where would to you home. go? I'm going I'm, I'm to go to the Parc des Princes because I think I, I think it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be interesting after the uh, the defeat at, at the Bernabeu when PSG went two 0 up in the first half and managed to collapse in the second. I think um, there's going to be a... <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Robbie's tearing his hair out listening to that. But imagine if they do go out to Real Madrid. It's going to be a very close game on Wednesday night. Um, the atmosphere will be interesting when Bordeaux come to town. If they go through, which we are, of course, hoping they will, then there'll be a party atmosphere and Bordeaux, um, who I uh, called the worst team in the league are going to have to play incredibly well. I think they've got the worst defensive record in Europe. Um, so, with the, yeah, there should be goals in that one. I'll go to PSG Bordeaux and uh, I can be home in time for a siesta because that game will finish at three o'clock on, on Sunday afternoon. There we go. Thank you very much, uh, Julian Brown, for joining us this morning. Thank you, Ian Holyman, and thank you to all of you, the listeners. It's been a pleasure, as always. We'll be back again for another edition of Le Bourgeois next week. Until then, have a great week. All the very best. Bye-bye. Thank you, Matt. Cheers. Outrageous goal from Kyle Kakuta. Play it again. Messi again. This time, maybe Messi's done it.